America. America. My name is Ahmed Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Monday and Thursday. Monday, I do a more relationship show. On Thursday, I do a show that's more focused on politics. And today, I'm going to talk about Coco Groff. Coco Goff. And she is flawless. When I say flawless, I mean not necessarily the tennis player, as in terms of winning and, 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 and perfect. I'm talking about mean that's uh, m-i-e-n in german character her bearing flawless i didn't know that much about her i heard you know she was winning i don't i i like women's tennis in general i like women's tennis if i have to watch tennis i'd rather watch women's tennis than men's tennis but i don't really watch sports that much anymore and then i don't watch tennis so but i came up with like like i'm about the same age as jimmy for capriati so like and I grew up in Southern California, so women's tennis was in the air. And I, I like women's tennis. Yeah, growing up in Southern California at the time, you know, the Williams sisters were on the horizon. And, and so, um, so I know enough about women's tennis to enjoy women's tennis. By the way, if you've never seen a tennis match live professionally, do it. Because one thing that you don't quite get on television that you do get when you see it live is they're hitting the crap out of it in ways that, like, you, there are, like, the intensity with every, um, every stroke is something that when you see it live, you're like, wow, that was, they're, they're putting a lot more into it than I thought. <laughs> so, um, I was first interested in Coco Golf in particular, not just like, you know, the newest black lady tennis player, um, uh, you know, I remember Sloan Stevens, and I like I I, not, I was interested in her in particular when I this week when I saw her walk up to the ref, and apparently the person she was playing with was stalling between points trying to get some extra rest, and she only got called for one time violation, but she was making it like a habit of violating the time, and Coco Golf. Uh, walked up to her, and I want you to notice the walk. Remember, when I saw this initially last week, I was just kind of, um, you know, checking my email, scrolling through whatever, and I just see her walk up to her, um, to her, to the chair umpire, and I'm like, well, first thing I noticed was her fit was fantastic. <laughs> I love the color. And, but then I just saw the bearing in her walk, and I, you know, I've, I'm a black guy who's been around enough black women to know that if someone's crossing the room, a black woman is crossing the room from point A to point B like Coco crosses to go talk to this chair umpire. She's right. So I, this is before the uh, before the sound even come on came on. I knew that whatever Coco was mad about, whatever whatever happened, like she's right because like there's no way she would have that kind of like I've had enough of this nonsense unless she had, was right and had receipts. And it turns out she was. And now if you think I'm joking, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna play the clip. Yeah. She's, but she can't 
Well said. All right. So I liked it even right up at the end where she says, like, look, she can take all the time she needs on her serve, but I'm on my on my serve, she better be ready. And in my mind, I'm thinking the subtext was that if she's not ready, I'm gonna put it in her gut. <laughs> at 100 miles an hour, she's gonna be eating this tennis ball. And I appreciate all of that energy. I appreciate like the way she came up, I appreciate the way she solved that problem. I appreciate the way she handled herself. I appreciated everything about her. Still didn't know that much about her as a tennis player. I was like, wow. I didn't actually, yeah, I didn't think, I, I just kind of appreciated it in general. I didn't think she was going to win. I didn't think, I didn't know the state of women's tennis at the time. Like, I, I just didn't know. And then when she, um, when golf made it to the finals, I was like, huh. I guess she's pretty good. Let me do some more research. And then I do some research and I find out that her father was an NCAA basketball player at Georgia Tech and her mom was a heptathlete. And let me tell you, a heptathlete, that means she knows six skill events. We're talking high jump, long jump, javelin, um, shot put, uh, hurdles, and then she can probably run a pretty good 800, which means she, her mom is coachable. Like, you don't get good at that many skill events in track and field unless you can take direction. There's no natural talent a way to like learn how to both shot put at a high level and high jump. That's just someone who is coachable. And if you're coachable, that means you know how to coach in a way, um, not necessarily, but often. You, know, you have kind of an analytic approach to the game. And the dad was a, a D1 um, uh, basketball player. So what we're talking about are parents who know their job, who understand the assignment. And that is um, another, there's another cat by the name of Ben Shelton. And I get the parent, I get the feeling that both his parents understood the assignment also. <laughs> the, like, um, and Ben Shelton's in a relationship with uh, Anna Hall, who is, a, is like one of the world's greatest uh, athletes. She's a pentathlete right now. So I would suspect that their kids, if they stay together and have kids, they understand the assignment too. So I get the sense that the golfs understood the assignment and were enacting what they know. By the way, I do think, this is a slight tangent, but I think it's interesting. I think black people are going to take over American soccer in a profound way in two generations. There are a lot of like very good high school basketball players who took up the sport maybe too late or didn't get right coaching until a little bit too late or they're too short. And then there are DBs, defensive backs, who got like hurt for some other reason uh, or like didn't don't want their kids to get CTE. Once they switch over and like train their kids in soccer, like it's over for U.S. soccer, I think. I think you have, the color of U.S. soccer is black. Not in this generation. Um, most of the black dads who do soccer now in series are African, right? But in the next generation, they won't be African. They'll, they'll, they'll be, you know, American descendants of slaves. And that is going to be awesome for American soccer. Now, go back to uh, Coco Golf being flawless. And like I said, it's not just about her tennis. It's about how she carries herself, how she handles the press. There was a section in her, after she won the U.S. Open this weekend, where uh, she's giving her talk. 
to the audience. And then when she really wants to say something, she has to hold them. She's like, all right, if you want me to answer this question, do you mind if I hold the microphone? Which means if I give an answer you don't like, I control the mic. She's already has like an instinct or the training to like kind of elbow out and position her way out of, <laughs> out of being gatekeeped by uh, gatekept by, uh, you know, the media. She wanted to hold the mic while she gives her talk because she doesn't want anyone taking away the mic or cutting her off in an untoward fashion. And I appreciate, I appreciate everything about her. So what I did when I found out she won, when I found out she won her match, my kids only know pretty much about the outside world what I tell them. <laughs> we're, we're on a very strict media diet in the Yosei Frimpong household. And so um, the next day, I pitched it as if the match was live or a slight delay that would explain why we could fast forward through um, our commercial breaks and still and it still worked because the match was kind of live. And I pitched it like we didn't know the match was happening. And so we watched the whole thing. They saw golf. We did the, the pre-match like, you know, insp inspirational videos. And then we saw golf uh, um, uh, lose the first set. And the kids were a little bit worried when she lost the first set. And then we got to talk about how like a, a lot of this is about emotional control and being able to battle back and to keep your focus and keep your um, emotions focused on your games and not get frustrated and not give up. And would, I know this was helpful for me because I knew that golf would eventually win. It'd be a wonderful object lesson for the kids. And so as a family, the Osei Frimpongs watched the U.S. Open final. And um, I hadn't seen it, so I, I saw it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the, and the girls thoroughly enjoyed it. And the, the son, everyone, everyone had a great time. And uh, I just thought, she's great. She's great. There's a quality of seriousness in her eyes and in her bearing that I want mass produced among like everybody. Body. And she has a class, a, a poise and composure that, you know, I'm probably two generations away from. Maybe my grandkids <laughs> will be without anxiety or, or be so clearly, have a clear sense of who they are and what they're doing. Um, and it's, I think it's because their parents understood the assignment. And so what I did was I researched the parents a little bit. And so like, what kind of parents create um, a Coco Golf? And I, I saw this clip where her father talks about like, you know, what he was kind of going through and the difference between her and her and him. My career. I had the career I wanted to have. I realized that I could have won farther, but I ain't have a father like me. <laughs> my career. I had the career I wanted to have. I realized that. I so there you go. The difference between Coco Golf and her dad is her dad didn't have a dad or his, <laughs> her dad didn't have a dad like he did, like she did. Right. So what's going on is kind of a historical development of black fatherhood in a way that, man, black fathers just had a little bit more money, a little bit more institutional support. You have no idea. I, I mean, I think, I think people do, which is why black, <laughs> we make sure we poop on black men uh, so much. I think people actually do know what would happen, uh, not just in sports, but in American life. Um, so, 
I appreciate, I appreciate Coco Golf. I appreciate everything about it. I appreciate everything about that family. I appreciate the decisions they made. I believe, I appreciate their plans. I want to, I, and you know what? I don't even think that playing tennis is going to be golf's greatest contribution to tennis or life. Like in terms of poise and demeanor, I think she might be a coach. Like imagine Coco Golf coaching, like, Listen to her talk, listen to the way she thinks through the game, and but like the intensity of her bearing, and think about what that would be like working with your kids. I can tell you it would be awesome. <laughs> or not just working with your kids, start coaching tennis. Like just in general, she's got a quality of grounding that even the Williams sisters, like a quality of maturity that even they didn't have. They were just like, you know, uh, not street kids, but you know, they were just kids with slightly better parenting than, than most other kids. They weren't, they, like, I don't want to say that we use the word polish. I want to use the word ground. Because even, even Richard Williams has this checkered past and, like, you know, problems and anxieties he was working through and all of that. And, it, and, and, and you know, two kids made it, but the other ones kind of didn't. Even Williams had that in a way that I don't think Coco golf's life has been filled with so many asterisks or the parents lives have been shot through with so much uh so many asterisks and i just think that's what happened and i also like that in her narrative when she talks about it she doesn't talk about it being natural or magic or anything it's about the work and the training and like how how they train through problems um and then she wasn't a phenom or a prodigy See, like, just kind of, like, they just had as a unit to work through the obstacles that came to her way, and that's what you get. Also, here's a great, um, and, oh, God, there's just so much that tells you that everything in this family, this is, like, family goals for me, this clip right here. And you know, the one thing you did the last three games, we didn't give up no free points on her damn serve. Her serve is weak. It's real slow, and she gave you the miss. I curse? I said, no, it's real weak. No, but you said you can't turn. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> I curse real. Well, you said that you were. Oh, well, that don't really count. Yeah, in some places it does. Okay, all right. I'm sorry about that. And you know the one thing you did the last. How you're not going to love that? How you're not going to love, how you're going to not appreciate that? Even like she was just so smooth with it. And the dad, you know, everyone talks about how black dads are angry and patriarchal. <laughs> he just took it with a good sense of humor. And uh, he was just, <laughs> she was so smooth with, uh, with uh, you know, not everyone believes that. Dad. <laughs> like it was just so, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That, um, that's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I appreciate everything about uh, what's going on, and um, I I think she's I think she's flawless. I think she's flawless. I have like I every interview, every time she opens her yap, every like decision is like just charming and like without being cloying. And I appreciate that. All right. Thank you for your time. I'll talk to you uh, on Thursday about something completely different. Peace.